hello! You're listening to Not The Queen's English, the podcast where we talk about all things British English and life in the UK. My name's Holly. And my name's Murray. And this week we're talking about weddings. Ooh, how exciting to talk about weddings. But, <laughs> but before we get into that, mm. I want to talk a little bit about stuff that's happening in the UK at the moment. Oh yes, thus commences our weekly segment where Holly tells me about the horrors and or wonders that are currently occurring in the world. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I haven't gone too sort of, you know, um, gruesome this week. Um, because, you know, we've had two weeks of talking about Brexit. Oh, yeah. Um, time to, to lighten things up Yeah, time to lighten things up. Uh, so I thought I'd tell you about something from the news uh, lately, which has been the announcement of the new Britain's Got Talent judge. Okay, well, it's news to me that Britain's Got Talent is still on, well, for one thing. Well, here we go then. So when do you, what year do you think that Britain's Got Talent started? Oh god, I don't know, 2009? No, although I'm I'm I think that's a very good guess. It was 2007. Oh. I think I it seems so much like part of the furniture for me that I just assumed it must have been going. The, the thing is I really don't cuz I it's a long time since I've watched these things. I don't really distinguish Britain's Got Talent from X Factor even though I know that they're yeah. Somewhat different beasts. Have you watched Britain's Got Talent then? A long, long time ago. Oh right. I don't see I don't think I ever watched it, but did you watch it when Susan Boyle was on? Like, I think I maybe saw when she didn't win. Like, I saw the final. Yeah. Um, well, just because, you know, she's from your neck of the woods, so... Um, oh, yeah, very, yeah, I've seen her at Bathgate train station many a time. Oh, my gosh! You're, <laughs> you're, you've had so many celebrity encounters. I know. What a guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, because I've never watched it. I've seen clips of it. Mm. Um, and, yeah, but I've, I've not actually sort of sat down and watched an entire episode. But, um... So uh, one of the previous judges has left, David Walliams. Interesting. Yeah, now I know you're not a big fan of David Walliams, but I, I was um, very intrigued to hear about the new uh, the new judge. Uh, and I want you to try and guess who the new judge is. Well, who's, who, is the, who was the line-up when David Walliams was still on it? Is Sharon Osbourne still there? No, no she was X-Factor. No, she was X-Factor. So um, Alicia Dixon. Okay. Yeah. Nicole um, Scherzinger? No, I think she was X Factor as well. Oh gosh, I'm so out of touch. No, it's fine. Um, so yeah, uh, well, so Simon Cowell. Brent's got talent as well. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm doubting myself, but no, it's definitely Simon Cowell. Um, and uh, Alicia Dixon of the band Mystique, mm-hmm. and formerly uh, a judge on Strictly Come Dancing, yeah, and a contestant bizarrely. on Strictly Come Dancing, and Amanda Holden, okay, a TV presenter, actress. Well, I, I don't know what she actually started out as. I've seen her I in... I think she's um, just a TV personality. I've now. seen her in an, an episode of Miss Marple. Oh, well, and there she you was, go. And she was excellent. Well, you know, I have, a, I have a weird sort of respect for Amanda Holden because she provided us with a very, I think, camp moment when she announced um, Britain's, like, scores for Eurovision, like, the points we were yeah. giving to other countries. And she said, like... Um, Bonsoir, Rodavond. Oh, that was French and Dutch, but I don't know which is which. <laughs> and, every, and everybody pander. Everybody was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. But I just got such a like friendly drunk girl vibe from that whole incident. <laughs> I, I really warmed it's her It's so after funny that. because, you know, you're a linguist and it is an embarrassment to both of us, I think, I that people in the UK are really bad at languages when our friends on the continent are so amazing and speak yeah. so many different so, languages. But I just felt like she was owning it. She's like, look, I'm British, I'm an idiot. I know that. <laughs> 
like but I'm, I'm gonna have a bit of fun with it I, I i thought it was fine well, no, that's that's yeah no i'm glad that you feel like that um so but who do you think the new judge is so uh, uh it's it's a man i guess they got rid of one man and decided to bring another one in okay um and i can provide you with some clues i was quite surprised okay um, clue number one yeah <laughs> Um, um, I think you'll have to ask me some questions to try and guess. Is, um, is it another sort of comedy person like David Walliams? Because I assume that no. was his talent that he was. Oh right, no, he's not a comedian, but he is funny. He's not British. Oh, is he non-native English speaker? Yes, but been in like UK culture for a long time. Yes, do you know Tecampo? <laughs> no. <laughs> Gina DeCampo, for those who don't know, is uh, a TV chef yeah. uh, and a, just a bit of a personality because he's pretty funny and yeah. uh, has appeared on lots of random programs. And I think he's he sort of is unashamed. He he sort of laughs at himself and is yeah. is like yeah, not not frightened to just was, like. Was he the sort of resident chef on GMTV or something? I think like, he. This I think, morning. I think he. Like was the chef on some like morning TV? Because there's all these like viral so. clips of him like losing it with Holly Willoughby because she wants to put ketchup on her carbonara or something. Like. <laughs> Someone had to lose it. With her. <laughs> it's, true. I, it's an extremely good guess, um, Gino De Campo. You're very much in the right ballpark. Um, it's not Chico. <laughs> <laughs> Is Chico Italian? I don't know. He might be. He might he might be from like um, Latin America be. or something. Oh right! Um, oh yeah, I remember I looked him up and yeah. I... Chico was a sort of novelty music act. Was he on X Factor? He or was something? on X Factor. Yeah. Um, well, one of these people who like gets through to like the later stages of X Factor for like comedy reasons. Although he could <laughs> he could sing. Like yeah. he wasn't. Oh, terrible. Chico time's an absolute banger. It's true. He's got a set of pipes on him. <laughs> you can get delirious if you take life too seriously. Those, those, <laughs> Chico are, time. those are words I live by. <laughs> Uh, um, Vincent Simone off of Strictly. No, but that's a very good guess. Um, it's not a Strictly dancer, is it? No. It's not Giovanni, because he's definitely getting primed for a career yeah. outside of Strictly. Yeah, such a dish, Going the he? way of um, Uti Mabuse. Um, no, it's not Giovanni. But, and it's not a Strictly person. It's not a professional. Oh, God, it's not bloody Bruno Tranioli. <laughs> oh, no. The thing is, Bruno is much better suited to something like Britain's Got Talent than Strictly. It was always a little bit... Well, because Britain's Got Talent... Well, it is live, actually, isn't it? But uh, not in the sort of audition stages. But yeah. we used to... So he used to be one of the judges on Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, he mm. was there from the start. Yeah. Uh, and he, I love him, but it, we did used to have a very tense time watching him because he he swore more than once on yeah, live TV, which, which is, is just absolutely just, verboten. Yeah, um, oh my god! Um, and and I just spent the whole time watching Strictly shouting like Bruno was set down because <laughs> he just could not he could not keep his seat. He could no, not stay in his chair. He always would like, stand up because he was just so like, flailing his arms around. Shirley Ballas was always like sort of cowering for him, <laughs> yeah. from him. Um, um, so yeah, I was quite uh, relieved when he left, even though he he is a bit of a stalwart, a bit of a, yeah, a, a British institution and he's, now. 
Oh, he must have lived in the UK for quite a while because, like, he was in the I'm Still Standing video famously. Um, I guess, yeah, I don't know what his sort of story is, but he speaks lots of different languages. Yeah. He's very talented. Well, and his English, I think, and do you know... His English is remarkable. His English is, like, aspirational. I would, mm. Like, I, I would die to be able to speak another language as well as he speaks mm. English. He's so, like, creative with yeah, it. Yeah, he is. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a role model. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not in terms of, like, behaviour, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's naughty. But, yeah, I think he'll be he'll be a good choice for Britain's Got Talent. Because, yeah, yeah he is very talented. Uh, and I think if they have dancers on, he'll be able to give a much mm. more kind of... Um, yeah, sort of knowledgeable yeah. opinion of what well, they're I'm, doing. Well, I'm, I'm happy for him. More so happy for us because we don't watch Britain's Got Talent, but I'm happy for him. <laughs> well, he said uh, he said that he wants to make Britain's Got Talent bigger than Strictly. Right, well, okay. <laughs> in which That's case... That's it. He's in my bad books now. Well, they're, all, they're, they're usually on at different times of the year, right? I know, but how da- just how dare no, he? No, I know. How dare he? Just let them coexist that, that To me, that is a sort of, like the Beatles saying they're going to be bigger than Jesus. <laughs> How dare he? Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, I can't believe it. But, you know, he's he's a cheeky chap, I'm sure he... And I think he's still got his Dancing with the Stars gig in the US. I think he he is still a judge on Dancing with the Stars. Who who has, like, come through Britain's Got Talent and become a big star? Susan Boyle. Ah, uh-huh, Sus- yeah, okay, Susan Boyle's probably the, the main example. I think the um, world... I think, um... So I think there's people who've gone through it and maybe they haven't been immediately successful, yeah. but they they it's then given them a kind of platform to to do other things. But yeah, you're you're right. Susan Boyle is like the biggest success. Yeah, story well, from she's that. yeah, it's unbelievable. And I was going to say like, do we need to explain who she is? But I actually I remember when I was in Bordeaux on my yeah. gap year, <laughs> yeah. um, which was probably Fancy. just like <laughs> probably just like a couple of years after Susan Boyle had been on Britain's Got Talent. Like, I remember a Danish guy sending me, like, a meme about her on Facebook. Oh, my God. Um, so, like, yeah, she's really... a very ageing anecdote. Can I just say Facebook? Listen, I'm in my 30s now, <laughs> and I'm I'm happy with that. I mean, I'm growing old gracefully. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I think... But in case anyone doesn't know, um, yeah, Susan Boyle was this, like, very sort of frumpy, dowdy, like, normal woman... Um, from Scotland, actually from like a town over from from where I grew up, um, who auditioned um, on Britain's Got Talent and like, oh, and obviously this was all orchestrated because everything is on these shows. But like, she came out and they sort of were like, "All oh, right, what's your deal?" She was just, you know, she just looked very like normal and unassuming, and everyone just like laughed cruelly at her in the audience yeah. because they were like. Oh well, she doesn't look like a film star or yeah, whatever. How dare so she? how dare how she come onto this stage? It was um, really horrible. It was, and then she sang beautifully. She sang "I Dreamed a Dream" yeah. from Les Mis, and she got through to the final. Yeah, um, she did. But she did she lose out? Was it she diversity? lost to diversity? Yeah. yeah, who I think are probably the other bigger biggest success. Like, yeah, you still see they're them still going rattling around occasionally. Yeah, well, because isn't as well. I think the reality talent show sort of format in the UK is so different from in other countries. Is it? Um, yeah, we'll see. For example. Um, RuPaul's Drag Race UK where you win a badge and you win a series <laughs> if you win Britain's Got Talent the prize is that you get to perform at the Royal Variety performance oh right yeah it's and not like that... a big cash prize or anything no. it's not like a fancy thing you you just get to perform in front of well now in front of King Charles who presumably doesn't want to no. you know see you that's the only time I thing. really feel sorry for, for the Royal family when they have to sit through this stuff that, yeah. that's been dreamed up for them oh. Um. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's a very strange. Yeah, there's not like a glittering 
cash prize yeah. and like you know sponsorship and all sorts I mean, of I mean, I think I think on like X Factor or whatever. Yeah, you get a recording contract. Yeah. with Simon Cowell. Yeah, um, so you know, it's a bit of a. And I'm sure was it always like a million pound recording contract? But I don't know what what that actually means. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but know. yeah, so uh, yeah, that's that's the Britain's Got Talent news. I thought you'd be interested to know anyway. But no, I'm glad to be abreast of these things. Yeah. Um, um, can I just this might get get edited out? But do you do you remember? the hilarious viral moment relating to Susan Boyle. No. When when she released a new album. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and the, the, I, know I think her now. like marketing people used the hashtag Susan Album Party. Yeah. Which could also be read as Sue's anal bum party. Oh, God. <laughs> oh I'm sorry, it's so childish but it, it still is, gets me. But no, it's right so, in the funny bone. Oh no, it's it is hilarious. Like I remember people on Twitter being like, How did they not spot this? <laughs> I mean maybe they did it um because well, it got people talking. Like, I don't, I don't I think I, would... I knew that she had an album coming no. out, but I did after that. <laughs> exactly. Um, right. Okay. I think that's enough of uh, of current events. Okay. Uh, Shall we get on to the matter at hand? I'm doing one of those, like you know, flashback sequences, but I don't know why because we're not talking about history. No. Well, maybe. Well, so we put out um, a call to. Uh, our lovely followers and said uh, is there anything you'd like us to talk about on the podcast this series and one of the topics that came back was weddings which Mm. I was quite surprised by but actually it does say a huge amount about a particular culture Um, I remember watching a very nice programme called now, what was it? Something like my um, my very British wedding, or something like that. Uh, it was on the BBC, and it basically showed like people. Um, it was mainly like first generation immigrants in the UK. It was showing like what kind of wedding traditions they mm. they have. So like they they've moved here, but they've brought lots of like you know traditional um, like kind of wedding things from their countries, uh, and it was really cool. Mm. Um, and it also just showed me just how different. Yeah, how yeah. different the wedding culture is. Was that is. the one that we watched together? And there was a Polish couple who wanted to take some sort of like um, ceremonial bread yeah. into their like registry office wedding with them. And the the registrar was like, "No food or drink yeah. in the room." And they were like, "No, we're not going to eat it. It's like yeah. it's like a ceremonial thing." Oh. I don't know if they got to take it in in the end. I hope so. Yeah, I think they did, but it was very yeah, a very sort of officious, yeah. jobs worthy registrant being like, <laughs> "Oh no, this isn't a picnic." Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think. Yeah, maybe this this will tell people a lot about about UK culture. But I think we need to start with a little disclaimer where I think some, <laughs> there's people who've got skin in the game uh, in this room. Oh, I think you need to um, you need to confess. Okay, for reasons best known to, I mean, not me. I have a PhD in the history of weddings in Scotland from circa 1930 to 2016. I think that was those were the years of my title. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but it was very much like the like legal side of weddings. Like I can tell you like statistics about like how please many... don't <laughs> <laughs> about how many people you know had like a humanist wedding versus like a Church of Scotland one in two thousand and three or whatever. Another thing that's sort of that complicates this is like there's a lot of very specific sort of Scottish wedding traditions. So even within mm. the UK. I mean, I, th- I think Scotland's a bit unique in this regard. I'm not sure that there's much that happens at, like, Welsh or Northern Irish or, like, Cornish weddings that's, like, massively different 
to the rest we're of the country. We're just thinking of like Celtic places. Uh, well, I just, I just mean like places that have like a strong regional or national identity within yeah. the UK. I'm not sure many of those places have like a strong sort of specific wedding tradition, whereas in Scotland it's always been something that's like that's been a little bit different for different reasons and especially now it's 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 a time when people so for example Scottish men almost always get married wearing a kilt um which is not always the case that was part of my research but like it's it's definitely an occasion where people like want to express their Scottishness in a way that mm. I don't think really happens in other with other like national identities within the UK um so that all sort of complicates things a little bit but yeah that's just the little um that's the little, you know, confession about my yeah. dark past. Thank you for owning up. Did you ever watch Don't Tell the Bride? Oh my god, no. <laughs> I, I find the whole concept so stressful. I think I maybe watched one or two episodes and I've definitely seen lots of clips. This was a show that was, I think it was BBC on Three. BBC Three. Yeah, classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the whole premise was basically that, you know, so often it's the bride who's kind of left in charge of organising a wedding, so the groom would be responsible for organising the wedding. I think they had a particular budget for it as well. Um, And generally, in the course of doing so, (laughs) he would demonstrate the extent to which he just does not know his wife or what she likes. Or he'd be like, oh, she'd love to have, like, a Star Trek-themed wedding. Yeah. Uh, She'd she'd love to have, like, a crocheted dress (laughs) that made her look like Thomas the Tank Engine. She'd be like, what I really want is something low-key and classy. And then he'd be like, we're going to have (laughs) go-karts. Um, and a DJ and a stripper in the actual ceremony. Um, it was crazy, wasn't it? I feel like they would find... I don't know like where they'd find the couples, but they would find couples where, like, yes, so often the man just came up with these, like, extraordinary ideas and was like, oh, if I know her the way I think I do, she'll love this. A and shocking think, indictment of the state of, like, romantic culture in the well, yeah, UK, Yeah, that people can't talk to each other. Yeah. Um, what, a, what a show. I, I feel like it's worth looking on YouTube for sort of past episodes of it because, yeah, it is... I mean, there's just so many shows about weddings now. Mm. Like, we've got... There's, like, a UK version of Say Yes to the Dress, which I think Gok Wan uh, presents some episodes of that, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then, I guess, there's also things like Married at First Sight. And, oh, God. Yeah, things like that. Which, like, is it... Is it a, like is that legal in the UK? Like I don't know how they managed to sort of wangle it, but it's it's surely not legal just to marry someone like that you've never met before. Um, I don't think there's any stipulation in law that you have to know the person; you just have to consent to marry them. Okay. So if you consent to marry someone, because I mean, like arranged marriages and stuff are not illegal. It is interesting the rise of like you know wedding reality shows although I don't think Don't Tell the Bride is is on anymore no um, but I think that I think Don't Tell the Bride is the most like British spin on that I've ever seen because it's all about like things going wrong people just like falling out not in like a sort of like um, Real Housewives like high drama kind of way but no, just in a sort just, of like, like someone like sadly crying because he's had got a buffet that's beige and you can't, can't actually eat because he's spent the whole budget on just like drinking with his mates and, and they're <laughs> actually isn't a wedding <laughs> he's just like hung over in a wheelbarrow somewhere 
Um, the thing that annoys me in terms of, like, you're like, oh, married at first sight, is that legal? The thing that always, like, gets me in films is, like, people getting married, like, on the spur of the moment. And it's like, you need a licence. You, you <laughs> well, need... you do in the UK. I guess it's not in necessarily... In most countries. I think the reason, like, people get married in Las Vegas is because, like, ne- under Nevada law, yeah. like, you don't need... The, there isn't, like, a sort of notice period. Uh, well, actually, like... I think you still need a licence, but it's just, like, they have 24-hour sort of licence shops where you can go and get one. Oh, right. And there isn't, like, a waiting period. Because in the UK, you actually have to... Well, it's what used to be known as having your bans proclaimed. Mm. And in fact, in England, you can still do that. And that is legally valid for, like, the the sort of notice period for getting married. You can't do that in Scotland. What is it? Oh, right. So having your bans proclaimed is when you're, like... I don't know if it's either the church in, like, the district where you live or the church where you're going to get married or that's near where you're going to get married. The minister reads out at, like, I think two or three Sunday services in a row, like... Um, this couple will be getting married no on. no like um, read out like Patricia Smith spinster of this parish oh. uh, and Michael Redmond bachelor of this parish have and there's like weird old language they say like um, there is a oh what is it it's like there is a purpose of marriage or like a purpose of matrimony I need to look up the actual wording yeah. of this because it's weird oh my god um, that's what they I can't say. believe spinster of this parish yeah though, my mum always talks still say that yeah my mum always talks about having her bands read because my dad my dad's dad was a minister so it was him that did it Aww. Um yeah and and did he sort of did he sort of wink at the audience and like <laughs> be like oh this old spinster I don't think he quite had that camp sensibility <laughs> um but yeah spinster of this parish but so yeah but normally like if you're having a civil wedding or if you just don't want to get the church involved um and in Scotland you have to do this it's you like go you apply to like the registry office and they put your name up on a list and the whole point of it is so that if someone knows that for example you've got a wife in France that no one knows about or like <gasps> you, you oh, know scandal. or like the, the bride and groom are like secretly brother and sister or something oh, they can like go and say no this can't go oh, ahead right, okay. it, I think that never happens so I think it's a bit of like well that's the thing so like if we walked past a registry office now there would be a list, there would of be a list outside yeah. and we'd be able to check it but it's always like in tiny right like it's it's not very like visible so I guess historically the point was they would do it in church and like everybody would be there yeah, and everybody would, would hear it and they'd be like hang on like yeah, didn't you... you marry that woman in Belgium <laughs> Um, I love that you're just, like, marrying men off to, like, women on the continent. Yeah, so, I, I don't know why that's, <laughs> like, my main sort of... European um, wife. Yeah. <laughs> but, of wow. course, you know, anyone with a sense of timing would wait until the ceremony itself when they say, if anyone knows a reason why these two should not be wed, speak now or forever hold yeah, your peace. Yeah, is there any just impediments? Any... Uh, any... Yeah, I, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, there's, there's all this sort of weird archaic language yeah. around the the um, marriage ceremony. Mm. But that um, speak now or forever hold your peace. Mm. That's like th- that wording is like very famous, and people use that for sort of humorous for, purposes. Yeah, for all sorts a lot. of things. Um, yeah, like I, I swear, like I, I don't know, like um, before a long car journey. Yeah, does like, anyone need the loo? Yeah, speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> well, speak now or forever hold your something else. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So say if we were going to a wedding. Yeah. Let's um, let's this is let's sort of run through it. What how, how did the, does the day sort of look? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, even before we've gone to the wedding, uh, we'll have had a save the date. 
Oh gosh, yeah, you, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. The, the sort of the panic and anxiety of preparing for attending a wedding. Starts, yeah, you've like... got your eighteen month sort of advance notice where you think, right, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I look really attractive <laughs> for this wedding, and then you spend the next gonna six get my months revenge body. just like eating crisps and being like, oh, why? <laughs> and then closer to the time, maybe like six months before, or you know. That kind of that kind of time frame, yeah. you would get the actual invitation, which would tell you things like the dress code, <laughs> tells you who you need to RSVP to, um, and I think it's it's sort of normal that you'd expect there to be maybe about 150 people invited to a wedding, but something that that we do in the UK, and I think it it's controversial in the UK, mm. uh, but I think that I've heard of people from other countries hearing about it and being absolutely aghast yeah. that it's a very normal thing that you invite a certain number of people to the ceremony and that's that's generally like closest friends mm. and your family yeah. um but also probably like closest family you know you maybe your first cousin yeah. would come but not you know your sort of And this is often determined by like the you know the capacity of the church if it's a church wedding Yeah or you know um... the 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 um register office so then, yeah, say maybe uh, 50 people would be invited to the ceremony itself. Um, then there's yeah probably two other stages uh, in a wedding day. So there's the food, <laughs> which I think is, you know, people call that the wedding breakfast, don't that they? Which which I, me. Yeah, which I always thought like, oh, you have a lovely breakfast on the morning yeah. of your wedding. But then I also thought, oh, I think you'd be too nervous to eat anything. <laughs> but no, the but wedding dinner, breakfast is... It? Yeah, it's the dinner you have. Or a sort of... It's just a, a like, meal, like a three-course yeah. meal that you have after the wedding. Um, so you, there's probably, like, a few more people would get invited to that alongside the people who were at the ceremony. Mm. And then finally, there's the evening do, uh, where, again, like, yeah. probably, like, you know, someone that you work with but you haven't seen for a couple of years or whatever. Like, that kind of thing, like just sort of random people would, would yeah. come along to that bit in the evening. But there's a lot of, like, you know, small politics about, yeah. like, oh, you got invited to the mm. to the dinner. Well, I only got invited to the evening dues. <laughs> I'm sure I saw on Twitter someone had seen in a card shop, like, um, thank a card that was, like, thank you for inviting me to the evening do at your wedding. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so passive-aggressive. So passive-aggressive, isn't it? I'm sure that wasn't the intention, but that is how that sounds. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting that yeah there are those sort of three parts of a wedding and I think if I went to a wedding in the UK if I went to like the whole thing Mm. that I'd expect probably for the ceremony to be in the same place as the reception unless they were getting married in a church but I think like otherwise yeah maybe like people would have some like fancy like a country house somewhere or whatever they'd Mm. have the ceremony uh, then they'd have the meal and that's where you have all the speeches the best man does a speech which is there's a lot of pressure on it to be really funny yeah um i to- dread being i mean i don't think it's really an immediate risk but i really dread being asked to be someone's best man like i think it, i think it would be so terrifying yeah it's so much pressure yeah. um i know like my brother did it for one of his friends oh, really? yeah and he was so nervous did he make a speech yeah bless him yeah um but i think it like went down really well and you know but he he rehearsed it for a long time and it's oh. It's a huge amount of pressure to Did you have one of those you. books of like best man joke speeches that will bring the house down? He, d- he didn't, but it's it's funny that like y- you are sort of expected uh, as the best man to stand up and say some maybe slightly bawdy things. Yeah, uh, and it's getting it's getting that line 
right that you don't cross over into either just insulting the person or saying things that just shouldn't be heard in front of like yeah. your granny. Because well, <laughs> the, the classic thing is like sort of divulging things that happened on the stag do. Ah, um, yes. Or you know, like sort of embarrassing, like I don't know, like just sort of, like drunken anecdotes. Yeah, I think. but it's there's such a balance to be struck of like mm. you you have to like insult the groom a little bit and embarrass him in front of the bride and her family, but in a way that's like harmless. Yeah, they're not going to immediately get a divorce yeah. <laughs> the day after the. And I'm sure lots of people have anecdotes about being at, at weddings where the best man just stood up and like called the groom a prick and like really upset everyone. Oh god! Apart from the best man, who else traditionally gives speeches? The father of the bride. Yeah, and is that it? And well, m- maybe the groom might say something. I think the groom will often give a just a shorter speech, like thanking everyone for coming. He'll say like, you know, my wife and I, like, and we'll go. Oh! Everybody screams. <laughs> Everybody goes absolutely wild at that. Um, yeah, very easy laugh for, yeah. for the groom, but there we are. This is the thing, I suppose, like, although there's a lot of pressure on these speeches, you never have an audience that's, like, more on your side. Like, I feel like yeah, everybody... Unless true. there's, like, family tensions. But, yeah. But anyway, af- after the meal, there commences generally a disco. Yeah. Um, which is, like... I-, I think we do this quite nicely in the UK. It will be pretty cheesy. Yeah. Like, there will be no pretense at, like, having a sort of cool, sophisticated... Well, no, because it's got to be music that everybody likes. Yeah, you, you can't have, have, have the, like, the sort of floor that... fillers, the crowd yeah. pieces. Oops, upside your heads. Uh, yeah, a bit of black lace. Yeah. Um, um, the ch- birdie song or whatever it's called. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I think I'd have to draw the line at that. Um, cha-cha slide, Macarena. Yeah, just all these like cheesy novelty songs. Come on, Eileen. Probably an ABBA medley, the Grease Mega Mix. But prior to this, the couple will do their first dance. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, and that's, that's also something that has changed a lot in recent years because it used to just be that you'd sort of awkwardly cling on to each other while like the band played a romantic song. Which I think is probably what most people still do. Yeah. Um, but it's there's a lot of people who have like choreographed ones. Well that, there was a big trend for that in like the noughties yeah. of like people sort of like like it turns into a flash mob. Yeah. Or they do like um I don't know, they like do some sort of elaborate like nineties like, hip hop routine. Or like the full dirty dancing routine including the lift. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Many oh lives gosh. have been lost that way. <laughs> um yeah, so, yeah I'd there's, about there's that. some of that. I think there's a lot of pressure now. Even if people don't have a sort of choreographed routine, I think everyone still thinks like whatever song you pick says a lot about you <laughs> uh, as a couple. So like, pick something that isn't totally naff. Yeah, I think I'd have um, the cheeky song by the Cheeky Girls. Ah, oh, well, you touched my bum. This is life. Yeah, well, you know, if, if there is a better phrase in which to build a marriage, then <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Um, I think generally people dance for like you know the couple sort of sway back and forward for like a couple of bars of the song and then everyone joins in yeah and then yeah and then there's just a sort of regular disco and then at some point uh, the bride and groom will go off for their wedding night um, so either they're like travelling straight to their honeymoon or they're just going somewhere else to yeah. spend their first night And then there's that weird thing because the party just continues without them generally. Yeah, so they, they come out in their like going away outfits. Mm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, because the bride might even have changed for the disco as well because it's very hard to dance in a structured dress. Yeah, although I think that's part of the fun of a wedding of seeing a woman in like a full like 
poofy wedding dress, yeah. like trying to dance to cha-cha slide. Yeah. Like, it's very much part of the enjoyment for the guests. Well, that's true. And also, you know, men men in kilts at Scottish weddings. Mm. Well, and you know how every Scottish wedding disco ends? No. With everyone standing in a big circle singing... Um, Hokey Pokey. Bonnie... <laughs> the Bonnie Bonnie Banks of Loch Lomond. What? Why do they do that? I do don't you, know. Do, do you, like, hold hands and Yeah, stuff? you, like, hold hands and like, do that sort of thing of, like, running in and out of the circle, mm. if you know what I mean. Like the Hokey Pokey. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just <laughs> singing and sort of jumping up and down and shouting to Loch Lomond. God. I don't know why, and I don't know when this started, but no. it's... It's such a thing. That's the thing. I've I've rarely stayed until the bitter end of a, a wedding. No, we usually got a train to get mm. um, back to Scotland. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, we say usually. We've been to one wedding together. No, but I think I felt like it was very um, it, representative. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it like ticked a lot of the boxes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the couple leaves, and then yeah, sometimes there's that thing where people tie uh, tin cans on strings to oh, the back yeah. of the car and maybe put shaving foam on it and write like just married, just married yeah. um, but yeah um, they go off and then everyone can just have a fun time yeah and, uh, and that's about it and they live happily for after I mean statistically no but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some do right now Holly I, I, I think that's about everything I have to say about weddings. But if you've anything to add, speak now or forever hold your peace. Oh, so help you God. Um, is that what they say? I think so, yeah. Gosh, so, like, sententious. I know, it's scary, isn't it? Well, I'm I'm sure I probably do have more things to say because there's so much to say about mm. weddings. But I think uh, that kind of covers off what a typical wedding in the UK would be like. I mean, if you've got any questions, then mm. please send us a message, you know, through the usual channels, either on Instagram, at NotTheQueen'sEnglish, or you can find us on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash not the Queen's English. Uh, you can send us a message on there. If you if you become one of our patrons, one of our subscribers, which is starts from just one pound a month, right? A pound a month? I know, it's nothing, isn't well, it? Well I never. I know. What what can you get for what else can you get for a pound? I mean nothing in this life. Not no. even even a vegan sausage roll from Greg's is one pound twenty. It's gone up to one twenty, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. No. So yeah, one pound a month, a mere one pound a month you can Plus the eighty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find out uh, about some of the things we've been talking about today because that's where we put our cheat sheets. So that covers off sort of cultural references we make, um, slang words that we use. Uh, sort of people's names that we mention and you think well, who on earth is Chico yeah. uh, that and anything be... that requires a bit of further explanation that yeah. we haven't given in the course of the episodes You're very neatly put thank you um, <laughs> is all available in the cheat sheet and I think that's all there is to say for the time being so it's uh, good night from me and good night from him <laughs> <laughs> that'll be explained in the cheat sheet bye <laughs> bye